Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, everybody. I'm Brandon Thurston, broadcasting live and on demand from South Buffalo, where I gave myself just enough time to maybe make this live, in-person broadcast. Yeah. Long-time listeners may remember when we did this uh, we did this once before in person. Yes. But wow, this was a production. I've been working nonstop for the last hour. <laughs> We've uh, moved things around in this in this room here. Golo got a new microphone, so I so I decided to come over here and set it up and uh, play with a lot of other audio uh, contraptions that I've acquired recently. And uh, here's my co-host Chris Golo to tell you what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. So we actually have a. Uh, very packed show today. We're going to talk about AEW pay-per-view buys. We're a week uh, since Revolution, so we'll kind of touch on that and compare it to previous pay-per-views. Uh, we're also going to discuss WWE 2K22 that came out this past week. Uh, we got some streaming rights deals for baseball that we're going to discuss, as well as we got compensatory agreements for Nikon and Vince McMahon. They got raises. They got raises. That's right. Well, we are. Uh, we'll get right into uh, AEW pay per views um, as we have an estimation as far as Revolution that happened. Like I said, March six, two thousand twenty two, and we're estimating about one hundred forty six thousand to one hundred seventy thousand pay per view buys. Yes, that's uh, according to Dave Meltzer. Uh, I did ask about that too, and that looks like the number of pay per view buys. Um, that that I was told that that is accurate. That would put it. You can see over my right shoulder the massive uh, all-out number that All Out did. Um, the first pay-per-view with CM Punk, the pay-per-view where Brian Daniels and Adam Cole were not advertised, but they debuted. That's the record with about 205,000 buys. Uh, this one looks to have done just over what, at least just over what Full Gear did in November. AW pay-per-views have been up year over year, and this continues that streak. Um, double or nothing is coming up next. Ticket sales are strong. Uh, Double or nothing will have to be more than 115,000 buys to keep that year-over-year increase streak going. Uh, Again, this one did between, what, 146 and 170. The median of that is what? Well, I mean, it's... Pop quiz. I mean, it's it's an increase, like you said, from Revolution 4, but it beat full gear from the last pay-per-view. Correct. So, I mean, it's a constant increase of business, like I said, other than that anomaly of the CM Punk in-ring return on All Out. Yes. Um, So, the median of 146 and 170 is what? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you ask it in such a scientific way. Uh, That would be... About 106, 158. 158, 100. exactly. Yeah, yeah. 158. So, uh, they'll, they'll, I think they'll beat, I think Double or Nothing will be up year over year. That that sounds pretty achievable. It'd be disappointing if, if Double or Nothing was only at 115 uh, this year and was only equal to what it did last year. I think that would be a disappointment. So, I think they can do that in May, beat that number up year over year again. Um, 
when it's time for All Out 2022, though, I think they'll have a lot of trouble beating All Out 2021, doing more than 205,000 buys. I doubt it. Um, that that pay-per-view was special in the sense that this was CM Punk's first match in, what, seven years. Uh, unless somebody catches fire or they have some new attraction to offer, which I can't even imagine what, what they could possibly offer that would be on the scale of CM Punk's first match in seven years. Um, I don't think uh, that All Out is, is going to continue that streak uh, come Labor Day weekend. And I know there'll, there'll be the... Um, Good chance it'll be a UK stadium show for WWE pay-per-view premium live event uh, at that time. Uh, I don't know that that's going to have a huge effect, but uh, that's that's on the horizon for Labor Day weekend this year. Um, do I have anything else here? We're, we're really uh, at an unusual situation here. So if we look at, what do I have here? The breakdown of, um, this is the breakdown for the ticket sales. So it did about a hundred. I'm sorry, six hundred and twenty thousand dollars for a live gate. Uh, if you assume that about ninety five percent of the tickets distributed reported by WrestleTix, which is eight thousand seven hundred, about ninety five thousand of that was paid, assume a seventy five dollar ticket price, that gets us to six hundred and twenty thousand dollars. So something in that range, something in that ballpark. Uh, venue merch at figure about fifteen dollars per head off of, you know, something like just under 8,700 paid ticket sales, that accounts for an extra roughly $125,000 in venue merch. Uh, if you do the math, you get to, I don't, I don't know if I have it on here, but you get to, get, you get to, uh, something that's like a, a, uh, the second most lucrative AW event, short of All Out 2021, which had you know, pay-per-view is the biggest component of a pay-per-view event, much, much more than than ticket sales are because this is a media business, not a live event business. Um, the addition financial arena, the, in Orlando, that is actually the university of central Florida, I believe. Um, yeah. you know, a college basketball arena. Yeah. When does it get to a point where, I mean, we've seen that they can sell out bigger arenas, NHL, NBA size arenas. Shouldn't they at least be doing these big four pay per views at those type of arenas? You would think. I mean, they're they're doing uh, double or nothing at T Mobile Arena. Yes, that seems appropriate. Um, why was this not at the Amway Center? I don't know. Does does W have a lock on the Amway Center? Does W have a lock on on some venues? I don't know. Is that part of why W continues to run? House shows at venues that can can hold like twelve thousand people, but they can only draw like four thousand people to a house show. Um, I don't know, um, but uh, no, I think uh, I don't know. Yeah, they they could draw more ticket revenue here. They could. Uh, it, it looks like based on the the news that this uh, this event is going to be a million dollars. I'm talking about double or nothing is going to be a million dollar gate that they're increasing ticket prices somewhat. Uh, because it's probably on par with the number of tickets that they sold for other pay-per-views, right? But um, it'll probably be um, more appropriately priced. So I think it'll, uh, you know, it'll um, it'll be more appropriately priced going forward. Um, I don't think AEW 
should do a, a, a stadium show or anything just yet. But no, um, but like all out should probably be at um, what was the name of the arena that Punk debuted for Rampage United Center. Yes, yeah, United Center should be. I would imagine. Yeah, I would be surprised though. I bet it's I bet it's not. I bet it's at like the Sears, the Now Arena, the Now Arena. Come, yeah, yeah. Um, we'll see though. Um, what else here? So, this is a well-received pay-per-view. Yep. According to the Cage Match ratings. By the way, Cage Match—they have been on top of their stuff. I have gotten messages from people who work for Cage Match asking me about events that are coming up. Like, hey, do you have a match card listing and stuff like that? Really? They're doing in in-depth research over there at Cage Match to wow. really be prepared for this. Um, I've been scraping Cage Match constantly. I've uh, went through a huge Python project and revamp uh, this week. As I've um. I'm trying to do big things. I'm always talking about the, the Python things I'm doing. I feel like people see very little of it, um, but I'm gradually trying to figure out uh, a system that will allow us to get a better idea of maybe who's a draw, maybe. Uh, but I was re-scraping the cage match data because previously I had scraped it only collecting wrestler IDs for wrestlers and had not included tag teams or stables which have their own separate unique IDs, don't you know? Which there's a lot of stables in AEW and a lot of tag teams. That's true. There's there's thousands of stables. Anyway, uh, the cage match rating. This was uh, this is as of last night. I grabbed this screenshot. No, the eight point nine five says lower than full gear. Yes. And all out, but higher than double or nothing. Twenty twenty one. Right. Right. Um, and much higher than last year's Revolution, which I imagine the the, the explosion death match is what caused that. Mm-hmm. That's that's the only thing it, that explosion really caused was was that uh, to happen. <laughs> um, but the, yeah, I think I remember that pay per view not being great otherwise. Uh, so it did not overcome uh, the main event. Um, so this would be what? Not the second most. All Out twenty twenty one is is the highest rated, and this is off of how many votes, right? Like in this case, three hundred thirty one. The All Out event has five hundred and ninety while being the highest rated. So this is just under nine. How many nines are there? One, um, two... It's fourth. It's fourth. Yep. Okay. Double or nothing, 2019, 9.11. So that's second place after All Out 2021. Right. So a well-received show, I would say, um, which is important. You know, uh, Tony Khan did mention the... Um, he mentioned the Dynamite cage match ratings in the post-media scrum. He's following the Dynamite event cage match ratings like the cage match is becoming more and more uh a viable thing we've been using it a lot here as you've been using the python data but uh i i think it gauges i don't know i think the diehard wrestling fans are going there so it's gonna be your positive outlook i mean we can we can understand why 6.93 was revolution 2021 yes because of the explosion the explosion, yes. Or lack thereof. Um, so, there's that. Moving on. Yep. Uh, we're going to talk about WWE 2K22. Uh, just came out this past week. Have you played it? I have not played it. I am, I Do you am, own it? Are you I am not it? a next-gen system guy. I mean, I should, but uh, when I'm prioritizing my financials, it's way down my list. <laughs> do you have a system that could play this game? I do not. No, no. me neither. Um I've heard the reviews are good, though. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, my friends enjoy it. 
your friends. Yes. What do they say about it? Uh, they say the story mode is not too bad. They say the GM mode's better than it was, mm-hmm. uh, but they say the the graphics and the real life aspect of it look a lot better than the previous version. I go to Metacritic.com for my video game reviews. I don't play video games, but I do when it comes to WWE games. Look at Metacritic.com. And there's, uh, as of last night, 26 reviews of the PlayStation version. Uh, and these, are all, these aren't like rando fan reviews. These are all published. And when I say published, they're published on some website. So it's, it's presumably somebody who knows what they're talking about when it comes to video games. And they've got a, I don't know if this is an average or a composite score, or however they standardize these scores, of 76, which, which is marked as green. Uh, any, anything over a 75 apparently is marked as green, so that's a, it's considered mostly positive. Um, this is not in the 90s or anything like that. Uh, the PC game off of four reviews is a little bit lower at 73. The Xbox version off of eight reviews is 77. So this appears to be a well-received uh, game. Compare that to... 2K 2020. Yes, which was rated what? 43 and 45, respectively, on uh, 43 for PS4, 45 for Xbox. So people hated that game. Yes. Uh, Battlegrounds, the arcade game, was the most recent 2K WWE release before this one. Uh, it, it had a 60. None of this means anything necessarily about sales, but presumably people do want to buy games that are good rather than games that suck. So uh, when it comes to wrestling, uh, wrestling product itself, though, might be something different. But... Um, that SmackDown, here comes the pain, man. Still, uh... Yes. What's the last uh, wrestling video game that you played regularly? Oh, um... I, it was probably SmackDown vs. Raw 2007 or eight, I think. Okay. Uh, I remember... Wherever ECW was a GM mode, because I would, uh... Mm-hmm. I would try to make ECW the top brand. But I think that would be, like, the last one. Did you play Legends of Wrestling? Like, yes. And I loved Legends of Wrestling. Okay. Especially the realistic, like, the mob ran the New Jersey territory. <laughs> That sounds familiar. I don't. I don't think I owned it, but I played that. Um, there's no. Uh, where's no mercy on here? It's so. This is all pre. This is all PlayStation going forward. Who made this chart? This sucks. Uh, <laughs> but no mercy's that. I would admit. I mean, no mercy is is the most praised among the general consensus of the wrestling. Why, why is no mercy so loved? I. I. I that is the last video game, uh, wrestling video game that I've played, and I still have an N64 in case I want to play it. I think, and so do I. Actually, you know, behind these green screens, there's a bunch of retro systems. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I uh, I don't I I enjoy it, but I was also a huge WCW fan, so I enjoy uh, Revenge, the, Revenge, and WCW NWA World Tour. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I think because it was the first WWE, it was the first big WWE game. I think like yes, you had your our arcade games, Russell Fest, and all that, but I think like. It was the first, like, huge, huge WWE game. Okay. Our audio is better now? Yeah. Um, our, our audio producer, Tim B, seems to be approving of this. Uh, yes, yes. Tim B is always a pleasure with uh, no. calling the uh, PS4 and the Xbox One next-gen. Well, it's next-gen for me, Tim. Yes. We're, we're showing how, how old we are. We're just <laughs> yes. old white dudes with a podcast who are like, remember Revenge? <laughs> it's good times. Um, yeah, so I want to talk about this. Uh, we got some news that Apple TV has bought the rights to stream a weekly Friday night baseball game. Yes, Friday night baseball. Is that a, is that a big night for baseball? 
Uh, on television wise, I never thought it was. Um, going to the game wise, absolutely. Okay. You know, you have a long week at work, and you know, boom, you're right at the stadium. Uh, I've heard that this this is like the lowest tier baseball night for TV. Yeah, I would imagine Saturday would be lower, but I guess Friday, yeah. Okay. Um, but this is going to be exclusively on Apple TV. Are you an Apple TV subscriber right now? I am not. That is like the one streaming service I do not have or have a friend that has that I can use their password. Watching Severance right now? Very good. Um, I want to watch Ted Lasso. My f- friends keep telling me Ted Lasso, but yet none of them want to give me my, their password. Um, will you be subscribing to Apple TV to see Friday Night Baseball? I don't need to because what I'm, gonna, I'm going to do what I've done the past couple of years and buy the and ML, steal it. ML, oh. ML. Not stealing it. I'm going to buy MLB TV uh, where I can stream uh, all the uh, Phillies uh, out of network. But you games. won't get these games. These are these are non. That's MLB TV is out of market games, right? Yes, but, but the Phillies will probably be on there maybe once or twice. Okay, the Phillies are your team. Yes. Okay, I'm a Phillies fan. So. Okay. Um, what does this press release say? Have you have you read this? Um, so I, I can say we're here. Apple and Major League Baseball today have announced Friday Night Baseball, a weekly doubleheader with live pre and post game that will be available to fans in eight countries exclusively on Apple TV. Uh, eight plus, countries. Plus as soon as the regular season begins. In addition to Friday Night Baseball, fans in the U.S. will be able to enjoy MLB Big Inning, a live show featuring highlights and look-ins airing every weeknight during the regular season. Baseball fans in the U.S. and Canada will also have access to the new 24-7 live stream with MLB game replays, news and analysis, highlights, game, classic games, and more, as well as a full complement of on-demand programming, including, ML, including highlights and MLB-themed original content. Fans will be able to watch marquee games on Friday nights, free from local broadcast restrictions across devices where Apple TV Plus can be found, including on the Apple TV app, on iPhone, iPad, Mac, Apple Apple TV 4K and HD on tv.apple.com. Now, along with select smart TV gaming consoles and cable set-up boxes, now Friday Night Baseball will be available on Apple TV Plus and for a limited time without the need for a subscription. Mm-hmm. Um, Very interesting some of the, the benefits to having this because these are some of the benefits that are on the MLB.tv, like the classic games and like highlights and... There's going to be classic games that are part of this. Yeah. Is that what you just said? Yes. I was messing with the audio. So we should be, I don't know, not much it looks like, but maybe a little bit louder now. And they're going to do a weekly highlight show too. Would you ever watch an old baseball game? Like an entire game? No. No. Would you ever watch an entire old wrestling event? Yes. Yeah. Uh, would you ever watch an old, an entire old movie? Yes. Yes. And But to be honest with you though, baseball... Because it's a long, drawn-out thing, mm-hmm. watching old game is... I have watched old football and basketball games and enjoyed them. Okay. Um, it's also coming to Peacock. Isn't that true? Yeah, so uh, this is from the uh, Wall Street Journal. NBC Universal's Peacock is finalizing a deal with Major League Baseball for exclusive rights to stream games in a new Sunday time slot, according to people familiar with the discussions as the league looks to increase digital partnerships. The deal with NBC Universal, a unit of Comcast Corp, will involve a package of 18 games, some beginning at 11.30 a.m. and others just afternoon, the people said. Yeah, because Sunday Night Baseball currently is owned by ESPN. So I imagine this will be Sunday like afternoon or baseball, because the way they that Major League does it is everybody plays, well, and they're done by 7 o'clock. So then you could have one game on Sunday Night Baseball. Okay. Some more sports, live sports, exclusive live sports. On Peacock. 
on Peacock. And I think we're we're kind of Apple TV. Yes, yeah, so yeah, I would say we're kind of burying the lead. It's a Fang. A Fang is involved now. That's what we're getting to. Yeah. Thursday night football coming to Amazon Prime. Uh, no basketball yet. Not yet. No. No bas- basketball is the number two sports property behind the NFL. MLB is number three. After that, it might be UFC. According, yes. according to Google Trends, if and Google that, Trends are to be believed, and would you think EPL over NHL maybe at this point? It's neck and neck, I think. Yeah, that the Google Trends are. Um, I tweeted something recently. Uh, I don't know if we discussed it on here, but yeah, um, used to be WWE, but um, you know it's the economy and uh, and uh, COVID, and you know times are tough and budget cuts and things of that nature. So it's you, know, you can totally understand why why WWE might might be down. Uh, it's not their fault. Um, so baseball's back yeah also baseball is back um we should before we get to that so th- this does bode well for the notion that what's what's Nikon been telling you every quarter there the, there's there's going to be more and more uh it's only a matter of time amazon's involved. already doing it it's Not only a matter of time for apple oh apple's doing it uh it's only a matter of time for netflix is is his next prophecy that has to be realized um, I don't know about Netflix. We'll see. Um, but Netflix is having some challenges with subscriber growth. Their stock, like a lot of tech stocks, are cratering. <laughs> they just had another price increase, too. That right. just went in effect. Right. So, so that bodes well, I think, for WB. I don't know about AEW. I don't know how their younger brand will fare and their fewer relationships will be able to leverage it's a great great corporate buzzword we'll be able to leverage digital these these non-traditional players um there's a lot of uncertainty too about this this discovery merger and how is that going to play out i, I still think you know aw is going to get a major increase in rights fees are they going to get real interest from from a streaming player i don't know uh are they even going to have real discussions with people outside of the Warner media discovery space. I don't know. Does, does Warner media own a piece of AEW and does that lessen the possibility that you're going to have multiple bidders for your house, if you will? Um, I don't know, but, uh, I do, I do think this reinforces my belief that I, th- you know, I think WWE raw and or SmackDown are going to be not 52 weeks a year on streaming in the next round, 2024, late 2024 and forward. But but maybe some of those episodes are on streaming. Select episodes are on streaming and traditional TV. I think that that, that would be my guess of where we're headed uh, in the latter part of the 2020s. Um, anyway. Tim B, I see your super chat. Very good question. I think we'll wait a little bit for that, Brandon. Can we get into that? Uh, go ahead, since I'm trying to read uh, it now. Let's go, yeah. All right, so uh, Tim... With Super Chat, can I propose a WrestleNomics exclusive rating stat? Adjusted rating by TV penetration. For instance, identical rating, uh, you know, uh, is actually growth due to less homes. That actually, that actually exists, Timby. What you're referring to there is, I believe, called a cable rating. Um, the ratings that we often talk about, which are the ratings that are published by Showbiz Daily, those the ratings that we look at for the demos are what are called national ratings, which are different from cable ratings, which I never, I never see cable ratings. Um, 
So the so the national rating for as it scrolls across the the, the ticker, right? Uh, SmackDown did a zero point five nine P eighteen forty nine national rating. Um, this past not last night, but two Fridays ago. So that means that zero point five nine percent of the national eighteen to forty nine population watched SmackDown. But there are such things as cable ratings. I think Wade Keller sometimes reports cable ratings um, that tell you what percentage of the cable homes that have access to this network, what percentage of that denominator uh, watched this show. So there, Nielsen is tracking that. Networks and wrestling companies are probably getting that information. They're, they definitely are getting They at least have access to that information. Um, but uh, I think they, they look at viewers more. Why? I don't, I don't know. Uh, but they do. So... Yeah, uh, but that's that's a that's a a good point, and I guess to do that independently, to just do sort of calculate it, uh, I would have to have a regular, uh, you know, I would have to have data over time of what the the relevant networks, uh, how many homes they're in, and it's it's somewhat easy to get that stuff sort of on, a, on an annual basis, but on a monthly basis is harder. Um, but it's a it's a good point to raise that yeah it's a as as coverage goes down viewership goes down but even as coverage has gone down uh i believe we would find you know i'm virtually certain that we would find that viewership has gone down at a stronger rate than coverage has gone down because there's just more options and there's streaming competition and there's gaming competition uh, there's just more options about what to do and more competition about what to do with your entertainment time. So that that would be helpful to know what the cable ratings were. Uh, but I don't know that that would tell us the whole story. It's not just about cut, cord cutting. It's also about the variety of things that are competing for your attention and trying to get you addicted. Texting, sleep, TikTok, Netflix, and so forth. Um, but yeah, so yeah, but baseball. Tell me know. about the, the lockout. The lockout has come so to an end. The lockout has come to an end. They have reached an agreement. Uh, baseball will be starting April 7th. Um, my Phillies will be on April 8th as for their home opener against the Oakland Athletics. Uh, but uh, yeah, so it is. They've come to an agreement. There was a lot of uh, things, a lot of rule things that are in effect now, including a universal designated hitter. DH in the, in the National League. DH in the National that's, League. That sounds like an, an abomination. That is, that is. let's see here. Phillies are in the National League, right? Yes, yep. That is 100. Yeah, that's 150 years of history. Down the drain. Down the drain. A disgrace. No, I, I'm okay for it. You're all right with it. I'm absolutely okay for Why? it. Why? I don't want pitchers hitting. Why? Because they don't hit good. So? I mean, some do, but they, I don't want a guy hitting below 200. Whatever happened? You know, Babe Ruth was a pitcher. Why aren't there more Babe Ruths? Because they're focusing, because so this is going to be very down the hole baseball. But uh, I'm I'm a big baseball fan. So the way people develop players nowadays, when they think you have an arm, they know that when you're like five, six, seven, eight years old, and then you're you're taking all these training classes with these former major leaguers, and then you play little league, and then high school, and and maybe the minors or college. And you're just focused on pitching. Back then, there was no, like, oh, you have to focus on this one thing. We're going to develop you to be the best you can. Um, but also, you know, with the the uh, designated hitter and all that, 
the game needs more offense, Brandon. The game needs something to excite people. People, it was just another lock, almost a lockout. I mean, it was a lockout, but not almost a strike. People, an opening day is being pushed back, or was it happening as scheduled? Yeah, now? it's it's being pushed back, but okay. just like uh, you know, about about a week. Mm-hmm. Um, but they need, you know, when baseball hit and went on strike in '94, popularity went down the tubes. Mm-hmm. There was brought, no season. What brought it back was 1998, Sosa McGuire, mm-hmm. and everybody loved it. So everybody should be on steroids. No, but then steroid trial oh. happened, and then it waned down in popularity. I, I had a dream about Sammy Sosa last night. For some reason, that's a very weird dream. I dreamed he signed a lifetime contract with the Cubs. Is that something that happened? Anyway, uh, the lockout is over with. So uh, interesting to see what what kind of bearings we'll have on on wrestling's collective bargaining agreement going forward, and, and how the wrestlers' association will, will uh, you know will, will deal with the various uh, big wrestling companies. So we'll see. All right, so uh, we're going to. Yeah, just, just what told you. No, no. <laughs> what? Aren't, aren't you looking forward to how the uh, the wrestlers' association is going to uh, bargain collectively <laughs> for uh, their interests uh, with with WNAW? <laughs> I uh, who would you know? I think what it needs to be is indie wrestlers' union. Yeah, that needs to start first. I was having this conversation sure with a. A wrestling veteran yesterday. It's been the business for over twenty years, and we've yeah. talked about how the pay has not changed since the territories. <laughs> <laughs> let's 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 jump to uh, we'll, we'll, we'll know, talk to pay, we'll, pay. Let's let's jump to uh, the W's two top uh, corporate executives. Uh, their their pay has changed. Re- read us this verbose and vague SEC filing that dropped into my email on Friday. Of course, uh, of course, this comes out on Friday. I mean, this isn't huge news, but it's it's yeah. This, this is one of those things that I like. I. I de- decode and then tweet about, and then I'm walking around, all, you know, all evening, being like, you know, oh yeah, you're just trying to make everybody look bad, right? Yeah, you just, it's not my fault that these things are um, these things are disclosed, and uh, we might as well uh, understand them. And uh, it's 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 interesting that you know these kinds of things are disclosed for for public companies, but of course they're not. Who knows what's happening in private companies, uh, such as AEW? Although I, you know. A, a pe- you know, supposedly, uh, Tony Khan does not take a uh, a salary. I believe he has said. But anyway, yep, so uh, item five hundred two, departure of directors or certain officers, election of directors, appointment of certain officers, compensatory arrangements for yeah. certain officers. So in connection with its annual review of executive compensation, the company's compensation human capital committee approved certain changes with the approval of all independent directors in the case of Mr. McMahon's compensation as described below. The salary of Mr. Vincent McMahon, our chairman and chief executive officer, was set an annual rate of $2 million. For a calendar of 2022, his target management incentive plan bonus was set at 250% of his salary, and his grant of performance stock units has a targeted value of $11 million. The salary of Mr. Nick Kahn, our president and chief revenue officer, was set at an annual rate of $1.2 million. For a calendar 2022, his target management incentive plan bonus was set at 158% of the salary, and his granted performance stocks unit has a targeted value of $3.575 million. In addition, the second uh, tranche of his sign-up equity grant to be made in September 2022, as described in our prior filings, has increased by $7.5 million. The foregoing incentive Plan, foregoing management set the plan bonuses and performance stock units are governed by the terms in our 2000. Right, you don't need to read the rest of that. This is all who knows. Uh, so I think it's pretty clear. What, what, summarize that for us in plain English. 
Um, so yeah, they got raises. What what happened though exactly? So um, th- they got raises uh, with the in- plan bonus, which was the two hundred fifty percent of that two million dollar salary for Vince McMahon, and one hundred fifty eight percent of the one point two for Nick Cobb. Um, so, so here's what I understand. Here's what I don't understand. Um, the salary of, of, of Vince was set to an annual rate of $2 million. That's going to be for the calendar year of 2022 this year. His salary for 2021 was disclosed in the proxy statement. What's a proxy statement? A proxy statement is something that comes out every year around this time, around the spring. It hasn't come out yet for, 2020, for 2021. Um, it will come out probably within the next 30 days or so i would expect it maybe it came out in early april last year which was later than i had it you know it's later than it has come out in previous years the proxy statement will disclose a lot of information including what the top five top five most compensated executives it will disclose all the varieties of their compensation except for dividends of course but you can do the math um so in the most recent proxy statement w disclosed what Vince's salary was going to be for last year, for 2021. It was $1.4 million. So he's getting an increase from $1.4 million to $2 million. It's been the case, by the way, that Vince has had among the lower salaries among the top five executives. So it's not like he's paying himself this huge salary. Now, when you're a, a big deal executive like like these two are, salary is not your only form of compensation. Uh, you get compensated Stock, you get compensated this this management incentive plan bonus. Um, so here's the I, I don't understand what what these sentences mean. For calendar year, year 2022, his target that's Vince's target management incentive plan bonus was set at 250 percent of his salary, and his grant of PSU's performance stock units has a target value of eleven million. <clears throat> I, I guess that means that if so, the board if the board determines that he's wor- he's worthy of the maximum bonus possible that he will get 250 percent of his salary which would be you do the math there which would be what five million dollars um and his grant of performance stock units has a target a set target value of 11 so i guess he's going to get an additional 11 million in 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 stock units i'm not totally clear on what that means to be totally honest Uh, but he's definitely getting an increase in his salary of about six hundred thousand dollars for this year um Nick Khan, now, by the way, let's look before we're done talking about Vince. Vince has 28.7 million shares of W stock. He is by far the biggest W shareholder. He holds about a third of the stock because he has preferred class shares because he's the founder. He gets all of his stock is worth 10 times the voting, not the, not the monetary value, but 10 times the voting power of everybody else's stock. And he can't transfer this to anybody except for his immediate family members. Um, so he's the he controls the company. He owns a a, a slight minority of the of the stock. He owns about a third of the stock. Anyway, he owns twenty eight point seven million shares. You as a W shareholder, Gallo, you you are well aware that W pays a dividend. I mean, I, I'm no longer a W shareholder. Well, as a former, excuse me, I, that's why I should have said. Yes. Uh, what what is W's quarterly dividend? Do you remember? Um, I, I don't remember. I, it's 12 cents. 12 cents per yeah. quarter. So for every share that you hold, you get 12 cents per quarter. So Vince, holding nearly 29 million shares, gets 12 cents for each one of those shares per quarter. And uh, so that, that means that he gets 
just under $14 million a year just from dividends based on the math. So, you know, Vince, Vince is getting multiple million, you know, over a dozen million dollars a year just because of his dividends. But anyway, Nick Khan, uh, he has an annual salary of $1.2 million, which I don't think is different from what it was disclosed at last year. I mean, last year, it, it, he, or not last year, we'll find out what he made this year. Um, but in 2020, he, his salary was something like 500000 some, I believe under 600000 in 2020 because he was only there for part of the year. He started in August of 2020. So his compensation was naturally prorated for the time that he was. Do you think they would have collected a signing bonus and all that? Getting to that. Nick Khan got a, got a very lucrative employment agreement sign-on bonus, um, which I've linked to on Twitter. I believe he got something like a, he, he's got something like a $5 million sign-on bonus. Uh, and... Um, that might not be exactly correct, but he's got a, a multiple million dollar sign on bonus, which to keep all of the money that he'll get because of his sign on bonus, he has to work for WB for five years. Anyway, tranche number two for Nick Khan is coming up where he's going to get some of this compensation that he has been uh, who, that he has agreed to receive based on his sign on agreement, his employment agreement. That's coming up September 2022. And what this disclosure says, the second tranche of his sign-on equity grant, which is stock, it sounds like, equity, to be made September 2022, as described in our prior filings, has been increased by $7.5 million. $7.5 million. I thought it said seven when I looked at this last, so I might have this slightly off on Twitter. $7.5 million. So it was, if you go to my Twitter, it was, I believe, $9 million. It was disclosed as $9 million in prior filings. You can see that in the proxy statement. You can see that in his employment agreement, which was disclosed around the time that he started working for WB. Uh, the second tranche is worth $9 million. So now this is worth 9 plus 7.5, which would be $16.5 million in stock, apparently. Uh, so that's what he'll be receiving this September. Pretty, pretty sweet deal for Nick Khan. This is, uh, by the way, the um, the comp- So, who decided to do this? Who who decided to do this? Do you have an impression of who made who makes this decision? Does does Vince just decide to pay himself more because he's by God, he's a great man, and Nick Nick is his new son? Well, I I, th- I think it's the the board, the chairman of the board. Right. But who's who's on the board? Um, Vince McMahon is on well. The board. There's a comp. So there's committees. It's sort of like the Senate, right? There's all these committees there's- that are. That you know, not everybody's on the foreign relations committee. Not everybody. And I'm talking about the Senate here, not the board. But there's there's board directors, which I believe is, is 12, 12 members. Uh, Vince, Stephanie, Polovac, Nikon. Those are the the non-independent directors. But then there's a number of independent directors, including Eric Nardini, who's the CEO of Barstool Sports, Alan Wexler, Manjit Singh. Anyway. Uh, most of the members of the board of directors are not full-time W employees. They do this on a part-time basis for, you know, they, and they're compensated in stock so that their interests are aligned, but they're supposed to be looking after the interests of the shareholders so that, so that shareholders have somebody, you know, who's not just, uh, you know, looking after the executive's interests. Anyway, uh, n- neither Nick nor Vince are members of the compensatory committee, according to W's corporate website. It's it's all the it's all independent directors, so the independent directors think that Vince and Nick are great. 
is, is what I read from this. Um, so there's that. Um, Do you need something from the proxy statement? Or you're Brian bringing that up earlier. How, how many pages is the proxy statement? No, we're no, fine. 48. Yeah, we're fine. We're fine. Uh, look for the proxy statement to come out soon. That will be... Uh, that's always a big deal. It'll have Shane McMahon's compensation disclosed in it, too, because he's a family member. We have to disclose his compensation, even though he's not a corporate. Shane is not a corporate executive. Never was. I know he just sent home. He wasn't sent home from being a corporate executive. He hasn't been a corporate executive for WB since late 2009. 2009. Um, he may have worked in some sort of producer role, but I, he was not an employee as far as I know. But his performer pay will be disclosed. We always get Triple H's performer pay disclosed as well uh it will be interesting to see i mean maybe there'll be some information there about christina salen and the extent to which that she was compensated i mean she was there for 11 months out of the year 10 or 11 months um i don't know that we'll get like you know did we get her severance number or no yeah yeah there was the her segment severance agreement was disclosed yeah that's right um what will be interesting to see is like, is Paul Levesque still among the top five? I would imagine maybe you know, Kevin Dunn is sometimes in there or out of there. Sometimes Stephanie's in there or out of there. Um, I doubt we'll get like a glaring impression of like, if, if Paul Levesque has fallen from power, it'll re- be reflected in the proxy statement. But um, it'll be interesting to see what his, what his compensation is set at for 2022. If, if he's among the top five, but we'll see. Um, moving on. All right, yeah, we're going to move on. And, you know, uh, you said no Shane. Speaking of no Shane, that was what Tony Khan said a couple weeks ago when he did his announcement that Ring of Honor was bought and purchased by him. Um, we have a clip here. We'll see. Now's the moment of truth to see if we'll, you'll actually hear this. So here's Tony Khan from the, the post-revolution media scrum um, where he's making it clear that he will be the booker of Ring of Honor. Um, one thing I'll tell you that I do plan to do, because I think I've been asked that a lot, and you ask me what I'm going to do with it, I'm going to be the booker. And there's a reason for that. Uh, because I will be bringing in young wrestlers, and they have a lot of young wrestlers. And I think we're very successful here. We're doing very well here. And I plan to continue doing very well with it and bringing in wrestlers uh, that could work in Ring of Honor or AEW potentially. And I think you've seen uh, that for continuity's sake, like when you, you know, bring people in, uh, in other wrestling companies that, that have had, say, multiple promotions under one corporate structure, one corporate, say one person, uh, I don't think it's conducive to have people coming into an environment, say somebody were to come here and uh, from there and the whole thing that's been going on with them, you know, I might not be behind it. I might, well... You know what I mean? Uh, and so uh, I think, you know, it's revolution. And I want to talk about, like, revolution and also Ring of Honor. It's a big week with that happening. And I, I want to respect, again, the, the process that's happening right now because it's a complicated transfer and we're, going, we're finishing up everything. But, uh, again, like, that's, to be honest, that's one of the reasons that I think. Okay, I'm, I'm holding. So. <laughs> okay, here's what I want to say. Here's what I, here's what I want to say because it's a room this, right? full of wrestling fans, you can right? Hear this. Okay. What NXT do you guys think is better, the original or 2.0? Original, okay, okay. Now, now, what? Which one do you think is more 
conducive with Vince McMahon's vision of pro wrestling. Original. The second one. Okay. Now, for better or for worse, if they're not going to change what they're doing with the main stuff, isn't that maybe more, there's a reason that it's maybe a more efficient process to do that? Because at least then you're calling up people you know what they're doing and like it's not like you're calling up people you don't believe in to do nothing. So like, does that make sense? So there's that. Um, so I think he's making it pretty clear that he's going to book Ring of Honor because you can look at the lesson of Black and Gold NXT and how people were called up from Black and Gold NXT to the main roster and Vince didn't like them and didn't didn't use talent, didn't heavily push talent that was heavily pushed in NXT. Um and maybe that'll be different now. And, and I think as we've discussed here, I mean, if, if, if Vince is going to be Vince, then I guess you might as well have an NXT that loves big, tall people who are uh, athletes, uh, collegiate athletes and things like that. Um, what I also read from that comment is that Ring of Honor is probably not going to be a occasional brand that runs events. It's probably going to be some kind of regular. It's going to be a brand that's used regularly to run events. Is what I'm reading from that. That's his intent right now. Um, that it's probably going to be, you know, the developmental or the secondary brand, the NXT to to uh, to AEW's main roster. Um, and he's going to book it for those reasons, so that there isn't a conflicting vision of talent or creative in the flow from the secondary to the primary, which makes sense. How does this man have the bandwidth to do another, another company though? Cause he's, me. cause he's like, cause I think he's still technically the GM of the, of the football club. Right. And, Fulham. and he has that analytics company, right? Does he have a sports analytics company? Right. <laughs> yeah. And he's also involved in the Jaguars office. Not right. I think it's in an analytics perspective. Um, yeah, this guy already has like five jobs. <laughs> yes. So well, another one. I, I I remember asking when this was about when AEW was about to start. Like th- this is somebody who's already involved in two major sports franchises. Is he going to have time to run AEW? Oh yeah, don't worry about it. It'll be fine. <laughs> let's uh, let's add let's let's add more to this plate here. Um, we'll see. I mean, maybe if it's just a matter of taking dark elevation rather than having a dark and a dark elevation or something like that and rebranding at ring of honor that won't be a big deal i mean it's not adding anything in fact because it's dark dark elevation already exists but uh, we'll see i i mean there's a lot of unanswered questions there also hasn't i mean i've been keeping in touch and, and last time i checked there has not been any official press release from sinclair of the sale right there has there's, there's there something on, okay, the, there was, okay. uh, on the ring of honor website there on is the ring of honor website okay yeah all right yeah because i know that that didn't come out right away i know lavi was kind of pointing that out but so there is now okay uh, i haven't checked up on it in a few days so i'm pretty sure there's there's a statement on the ring of honor statement. website okay yeah. that's similar to the press release that the AEW put out but you know it's got quotes i believe from joe Coff and, and tony khan but yeah um Sinclair, have we talked about this? The Sinclair, uh, Sinclair is a publicly traded company. Are we going to find out what what the the value of this deal was? Are we going to find any details about what the transaction was? I mean, I, I defer to Lavi on that, but because he's looked at Sinclair filings more closely than I have, but uh, I think probably not. Would be my, I would be, I would not expect any any uh, explicit 
statement in, in Sinclair filings that like we got X number of dollars for this. It would be like other compensation. Then you would have to figure out. I think it's a matter of is it material, and what's material for a publicly traded company is is different for every company. It's it's I've it's been told to me that what's materiality, you know it when you see it. Um, they are a media company, though. They're technically selling a media library. But it's the, it's, a, it's about the value of it, though. Like, okay. how much did they sell it for? Yeah. Probably several million dollars. But is that big enough on the scale of Sinclair to, to disclose it? I don't know. Um, we'll see. Okay. All right, yeah. Move on to some Google web search uh, data for Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, stardom's going through the roof here still. Uh, this, this is just looking at uh, Google... Uh, Going all the way back to t- 2004, uh, not every company conceivable here, but I think these are the top ones uh, across this timeline. New Japan, of course, is, is well above the others. And in fact, it's, it's, it's interesting to call out that you know New Japan ha- hasn't declined. It's, I think New Japan has really diminished in popularity globally and in the United States, right? Uh, it's, it's great for them that they're back on access. Have you been following the Access New Japan TV ratings? I, I, I that you get sent directly to your to your inbox because you're a, a patron of WrestleNomics. I uh, I have not looked at them yet. So. He's not he's not reading the ratings. I, I get alerts all day long because you're so on top of stuff all day long. I only it's it's only like really twice a day because I, I initially put it up there and then I I I will uh, update it because I get further information. How have they later. been performing? Uh, so we're two weeks into new content after doing a month of old content. The new content is not doing better than the old content. And it's doing substantially lower, as you would expect, than Impact. Impact is on from 8 to 10. They're, they're on from 10 to 11. Uh, but these are not impressive ratings. For all, all we know, these, you know, New Japan could be the number two show on, on Access TV. Yeah, but you want to talk about a lead-in. Like, Impact is booking a lot of New Japan stars in main angles right now. You have Jay White as a main fixture yeah. in Impact and the Bullet Club and all that, and yet they're still not be able to get a little bit of a better bump-up. I mean, like, who knows what the expectation is. I mean, Access might be perfectly happy with the numbers that they're doing, uh, but these are not... I would expect... I would have expected the new content to do better than the old content. But the, but it's not, and there's really not that much buzz around New Japan these days. And I think that we're still in this setting where you know there aren't there aren't really uh, crowds that that do anything but clap. I think still, honestly, I haven't been watching. I I did realize though after thinking about this earlier this week that I think I'm still a New Japan World subscriber. And of course, you've got people who are among the hardcores they they've they don't need to watch access tv that's only in half of the cable homes if you're even a cable home you're you're only in half of them um they can watch it through new japan world live or shortly thereafter and uh, they got english commentary there too uh but anyway new japan in japan google trends would tell you that they they haven't diminished in in popularity here uh they're pretty much even there's this big dip for the um for the pandemic that you can see right here. But then it really returns back to the level that they left off at. And it's been this, this great strong march from about 2016 forward. And, and they're, they're flat from the period of you know 2018 or so. Are they back to just full capacity, by the way? I, I don't know. It's a good question. I'm sure, you know, I, I just don't, I'm just not falling close enough to say. Um, 
AEW is diminished in, in web search, and that's probably, I mean, not all of this, but they've they've lost their TV in uh, in Japan. I think they're still probably on Samurai TV or something, but uh, they probably have that this week in WWE on there. But uh, their, I believe, DAZN was their most recent distributor in Japan. Um, do you think some of this had to do with you know Nakamura not being? push in a high role and then Asuka being pretty much off TV. Nakamura is having a great time. Like, will you, will you leave Nakamura alone? He's surfing. He's, saying he's having the time of his life. <laughs> Hanging out with Rick Boogs. Yeah, he's having a great time. They got a WrestleMania match, but Lashley doesn't. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, stardom continues to be on the march here. Start. I, I tweeted this, this chart. Uh, stardom retweeted it from both their English and their Japanese language accounts. They, they must have loved this. Um, it's just, it's hard to analyze the, the Japanese market right now because we're still there's there's still no real loose international travel there's still as far as I know restrictions on events so uh, but it's it's really interesting to see stardom grow here uh, now YouTube yeah so uh, we'll get into YouTube uh, data for this past week here yeah I, I oh boy I don't know how we're going to display this, but uh, this is an old chart that we have up on the screen here right now. Um, let's see if I can can change this so that we look at. This is what I look at here. Google, no, maybe maybe it's this. Is that Excel? I'm not real sure. What does that say? Voice meter. Okay. Well, anyway, I'll, I'll just read to you what it is. I apologize for this this mess that we have here today. Uh, the most watched YouTube video. Of any, uh, of any program, anything that's a highlight of a program. And in fact, let's let's make sure. Are there are there anything that's a non weekly show highlight? There is. Um, this was within the last week, I guess it was. Yeah, we're still within. We're still within a week of the MSG angle with Reigns and Lesnar, that has an enormous five point three million video views as of this morning. Five point three. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Two and a half million within 24 hours. I heard that this was uh, put over on SmackDown as the most watched Instagram clip ever, for whatever that's worth. Um, but that angle doing doing big numbers on YouTube for what it's worth. I mean, in terms of direct revenue, it means if, if it generates probably a few thousand dollars for WWE. Um, the number two clip. I mean, and that's not from the weekly TV show, which is sometimes how I look at these things. The number two clip is not a WWE clip, but an AEW clip with the title it's official jeff hardy is all elite which is the clip of his debut in in aw this past week uh with 2.2 million views as of this morning uh 1.57 of those within the first 24 hours so there's that and, and number four we've got a clip uh that is of steve austin uh stone cold steve austin to confront kevin owens at the ko show that's the number three clip. The number four clip is is an old match of Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair versus the Riot Squad from April 2009. Um, but after that, it's the Alpha Academy three-way tag match where they uh, where RK Bro win win the tag titles. That is the uh, that is the top Raw highlight, and that, that also did well in the quarter hours. Uh, the culmination of that did. Um, Look at all these legacy stars that are involved in these top videos, though. Brock Lesnar, Jeff Hardy, Stuckle, Steve Austin. 
Mm-hmm. You know, you can make an argument, Ronda Rousey, just UFC popularity. You still Randy you, Orton. You just say, you have to just rag on WWE every chance you get. Don't I'm you? just saying, I'm not ragging on WWE at all. I'm just saying a lot of legacy stars uh, on these. Uh, these um, some somebody pointed out, someone on Twitter, uh, that every WrestleMania main event, and I'm talking about the last match since Rock came back to wrestle Cena the first time. Every WrestleMania main event has had at least one part-timer in it since, what, what is that, 2012? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was the ice. <laughs> so it's been what? Rock and Cena. Rock and Cena. Um, what's what's after Rock and Cena? Uh, Batista, Danielson, and Orton. Yes, Batista, Danielson, and Orton. That's 30. And then it's uh, Brock and, and Reigns. And then it's Reigns and Undertaker. No, no, I'm sorry. It's Triple H and Reigns. And then 33 is, is that Reigns and Undertaker? Um, so, so this one only goes up to 35, but... Yeah, uh, that, that's Reigns and, Reigns and Undertaker. Lesnar Reigns for and 34. 34 is Lesnar Reigns again. Lynn Charlotte Rousey. Rousey's a part-timer. Rousey with the first women's main event. For 35. Um, 36 was Drew Matt, Matt and, Brock. and Brock. Yep. Yep. 37. There's no fans. Was so Edge and Danielson and Reigns. Yes. That was one of the nights because the, if you, that was, the other night was yep, Bianca and, uh, and, and, and Sasha. Sasha. That was night one. Yes. And Vince, we're counting night two. Vince, Vince puts on last what he thinks is the most important. Um, and this year it'll be. Brock and Reigns for the third time a WrestleMania made about. Um, and I was there in New Orleans and the crowd itself was not interested. Oh, I know. They were chanting uh, Rusev Day. Yeah. Loudly. They, they turned on that match. <laughs> yeah, there was yeah. beach balls flying through. Right. I was like, what is going on here? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I remember that and you would think you, I, you'd be, you, know, you wouldn't just remember a WrestleMania made event, but that would be very memorable. But like, yeah, it's a... Uh, I, I, I remember... After watching that that night, being like, "That's this this WrestleMania brand." I don't know, but you know, they're they're do they're they've got over a hundred thousand tickets out for WrestleMania night one, night two. I don't think Wrestle Tickets is updated since since the third of March, but uh, we'll see. Steve Austin probably not having a match now. It, it looks like so. We'll see whether that even matters to ticket sales. Vince McMahon not being advertised for a match. It looks like maybe he'll have some involvement with the uh, the Pat McAfee thing. Um, since we uh kind of going a lot less than we normally do. I do uh, want someone to bring up as far as WrestleMania. Um, we saw this week that they officially said they're not doing access, but they're doing You're very interested in Superstore. And, and this is why. Because I remember at access, i never been to a WWE access, right? But I've been to WrestleCon. Uh, I actually worked a WrestleCon table, right? So I remember throughout the day, these poor people at WrestleCon, they're having names just being pulled away like in the middle of Shawn Michaels autograph saying he's got to go because WWE needs him for access in prop two. And they would do this throughout the weekend to WrestleCon. And, uh, and I found it interesting that, you know, so Shawn Michaels is at WrestleCon and then WWE pulled him away. Same thing for flair and others. Huh. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know Shawn Michaels was doing WrestleCon a couple years ago. He did. Really? Yeah. Okay. I, he's, 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 I don't think he's doing it this year. Um, what was he just like doing autographs? Yeah, autographs. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Just the convention itself. Um, but they, uh, 
I'm interested in it because it's it's WWE's fan festival. They always talk about this is the you know this is where all the fans in the world, the, the WWE universe, come together, and they don't they're not putting on this access fan festival. They're doing Superstore access, which is just really it's going to be a big store, which they're doing some photo opportunities. But then there was that uh, thing they went out to a bunch of people asking for volunteers where you get a- was that real. Yeah, it's been disputed whether or not that's real. I believe that is real, or that's just something made up by W haters like you. <laughs> you sent me a screenshot, and I was like, "Send me the email," and you're like, "I can't," because I, I didn't get the email. Yes, it was, it was a screenshot that was going around. I think it's re- it was a t-shirt, a hat, and you get in a. But this is something that they've done before. Things. This yes. wouldn't be the if that's real. That, well, it's not the first year they would have done that. Uh, David Bixenspan brought up, uh, I think, yesterday or this morning because I was looking at his Twitter about. In other conventions like Comic Con in San Diego, they will have volunteers as well. But those volunteers get hotel rooms, they get mm. meal stipends. Like, there's other benefits. Here's a shirt and a hat. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's uh, whatever. I don't, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so just back to what I was talking about was fan service. They're not doing that fan festival where they would have live matches too throughout. Which so why know, do you think they're not doing it? Why why would you not do it? I mean, I don't know if they're just kind of a. They don't think they're going to get the uh, international audience that kind of eats that stuff up. That mm. you know, because they don't get to experience that a lot. Um, you know, there's not a lot of international events. So you don't get a chance to get all these photo opportunities and all this merchandise and see all this cool hall of hall of fame stuff and stuff in the warehouse and and then see live matches from NXT wrestlers and stuff like that, like that they've done the years past. Um, maybe they just don't think they don't have the audience for it with the international base, right? And that's got to be affecting WrestleMania ticket sales. I think extent. it's affecting the Hall of Fame. Sure. The Hall of Fame's part of SmackDown. Which is not sold out yet. And we, I don't. Do we have a lot of info on this NXT event, or if it's even really happening? Yeah, it's happening. Uh, yeah. Tickets went on sale. Okay, I, I just have not heard any buzz on the internet about it at all. Stand and deliver. Yeah, Dolph Ziggler's the champ. Yeah. I, um, but that that's happening Saturday morning. Tickets yeah. are on sale now. Get your tickets. You're you're going to be there. No, I'm not. You're going to be in Dallas. Yes, I'll be in Dallas. I mean, you're not going to go to Stand and Deliver? No, I have a show at 2 o'clock. Oh, you're running competition against Stand and Deliver. Yeah, okay, yes. I see. I see how it works now. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, uh, we'll, well, yeah, no international travel, so we'll see. Um, anything else? Uh, again, I want to touch on that. Uh, I think that's all I could really think of. Um, this... Lavia uh, Marlin tweeted about like there's I guess they're doing a launch party thing for this pro wrestling TV in da- this pro wrestling TV in Dallas uh, during WrestleMania week, which I don't can't tell if it's actually just owned by Control Your Narrative or if it's own its own entity. Yes. Plugs. All right. So yeah, I'll do my plugs here. Um, you can check me, Chris Gillow, on you know Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, Rediscovering Indies, my other podcast. Uh, that's going to be a, that's a monthly podcast about independent wrestling history. We're next few months we're going to be doing a deep dive on Burt Prentice. You can check out part one out now on all your major podcast streaming services. And for myself, it was a great. It was a busy weekend this past weekend. I did comedy on Friday. I was a uh, ring announcing Excite Wrestling off. on Saturday. Amazing. Uh, but next couple of weeks, I'm uh, kind of taking off. It's uh, my wife, my wife's birthday's coming up, and and, and other things, and uh, and then I'm going to be in Dallas. So, and by the way, in Dallas, there's three cha- chances you could see me so far. Uh, Friday night, I will be at Zoa Live 
and that's going to be at the uh, Cover All Bases Baseball Center in Arlington. That's going to be Friday and April 1st at 6 p.m. And then Saturday, two chances to catch me. I'll be at the Texas Rough House Show at 2 o'clock, and that's at, uh, that is at Turning Point Brewery um, in Bedford, Texas. And then I will be at Fort Worth at 7.30 for the This Is Manly Show, and that is... Uh, at tulips what is the this is manly show so it's from what i gather it's so the guy that's running it he has, does like a strongman gimmick and there's a lot of like guys that have gimmicks with their beards and stuff like that so it's it's interesting great um yeah i guess that's it i guess we can end this show now we can uh, mercifully end this contraption of, of uh wrestling Ox radio we will be back in our normal situation next week uh remote uh, and everything will be back to normal. I realized halfway through this, I was not even recording this, but luckily we're streaming it, so I'll get the audio one way or another. Um, uh, Do plugs for the Russellnomics? What a what a program this has been. Uh, press like, mercifully, hit subscribe. Um, there's always the rest. There's always the WrestleLongs Patreon as we as, as we get feedback into our ears here. <laughs> There's always the WrestleLongs Patreon that you sign up to, patreon.com slash WrestleLongs, $5 a month to get all my TV ratings reports. Um, we think is always our, our distribution partner, Post Wrestling. Uh, you, can get, you can get merchandise at store.postwrestling.com. Highly recommend. Uh, you can go to the, uh, the WrestleLongs YouTube channel if you're not already on it right now. Every Thursday, I do the live TV ratings talk this past week. Um, I had on MJ from NJ to talk about his personal experience uh, at AW Revolution in Orlando. So I think that's all for now, right? Yeah, I believe so. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.